Hello, and welcome to The Restless Show. My name is Lauren Doyle, and I'm joined by Father Joseph Gill, Diane, and Matt, when today we talk about dryness in prayer. I don't know. Maybe it'll be an exciting topic. Maybe not. But here we go. And I started us off today. Father Joseph? I got the day off. (laughs) I didn't have to come up with anything creative. (laughs) Yes, we're talking about dryness in prayer. And uh, have you ever experienced that? Where you pray and it's just, you know, it's just not coming. You feel so disconnected and... Like, what's, what's been your experience of that? Frankly, my first thought on this topic was, I don't know if I've prayed enough in my life yet to have dryness in prayer. Wow. Like, I mean, to me, we're talking like, you know, Mother Teresa, who had a personal relationship with Christ, heard from him, right? And then had 40 years of mm. dryness. Mm-hmm. So she is so spiritually connected, right? It's this le- level that like none of us are on. I don't know how you get on that level. And then it's all, (laughs) (laughs) it's all pulled away. So I don't know. That's what I was thinking, but can you share a little bit more maybe what you're thinking or? Yeah. So, I mean, I think probably everyone who's serious about a prayer life will have times of what's called consolation by St. Ignatius of Loyola, where you do feel close to God and maybe you feel kind of, uh, there's a feeling of warmth, a feeling of love, feeling of just, um, just connection you know, that your prayers are being heard and answered and you feel like you're loved by God. And then you go through times where you're doing the same things externally, same words, maybe same emotions, or trying to get the same emotions. And, and you just feel like just bored and disconnected and and sad in prayer. And it's like a struggle. And you're, you're fighting to do it and you, you wonder where your faith went. I mean, I've definitely felt that I'm in a state of spiritual desolation right now, uh, if I'm being honest. So uh, it's just, it's very difficult. Like, you know, you go to prayer sometimes, like when I'm in a state of, or just like having consolations, it's, it's joyous to go to, to, you know, like to adoration and um, to everything and I can focus and I just feel like I'm, you know, mental prayer just comes easily. Right now it's just a struggle. You know, I try to do my spiritual director's says 20 minutes a day and she, you know of silent prayer of silent prayer and you know i get to like two minutes and i'm like i don't yeah it's it's just it's just, <laughs> it's a struggle it's just it's barren it's um there's like no emotion um you i feel disconnected from god i i know these things intellectually in my head that god loves me that god has a plan for my life that you know like he's he's working everything out but i just i feel nothing so it really requires, I mean, honestly, it's like the biggest active faith, I think, that you can kind of persevere through that. Um, How long is, like, has this been lasting? Uh, this has been probably a month. Okay. But before that, you said you were feeling those consolations when yeah. you attempted silent prayer? Yeah, and I've, I've definitely felt this before. I've been in a state of desolation before. So it's kind of like up and down, up and down. And I think that is the spiritual life. But is it really a desolation or is it maybe, you know, this week or this month, there are other things going on in your life, like work or something that could be stressing you out that's just making it harder to get into that state of prayer? I I mean, I definitely think that they're like the past couple of months have been very difficult for me personally, but um, I I do try to block those things out when I go to prayer. And it's just it's just this like void, I guess, of emotion and this just feeling disconnected and far from God for some reason. Mm. Maybe, uh, I, I, I was talking to someone about something like that, uh, yesterday, yesterday we were talking about, uh, 
it was at Crossroads for Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, the topic was the Eucharist, but in, in like the small group discussion, somebody said the phrase, dreaming with Jesus. And I was like, man, that's like, I don't know what that is, but I want to do that. You know? <laughs> uh, and and the discussion led to me talking about, because I, I, I have struggled in the, in the sense that I've, I, I'll be like way too much of a skeptic sometimes. Uh, and she said to me, you know, do you bring that to him? So in terms of, it, I just thought of it because you said, you know, I try and block those things out. But, you know, it could be like, what if you bring that to him, you know, and you say like, <laughs> here's like A, B, C, D, Z, you know, yeah. Y, X, <laughs> and, and, and bring that. And, and maybe that would be a, a thing where uh, perhaps you're not as desolate. Maybe that, that could be like a source of desolation, maybe. Mm. You know, you're, you're like, it's almost like this carp compartmentalizing of your prayer, you know, Um I know that I, my problem in prayer is I just talk too much. It's also <laughs> my problem in life. <laughs> so I, I, I should put my, you know, put my foot in my mouth. But uh, I, I will go and I'll try and I will try and sit silently <laughs> in adoration, and I will get like maybe five to ten seconds in, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, by the way, <laughs> it's yeah, it's a, it's an issue in my life for but sure. But so, are you attempting silent prayer then? When you say that, like clearing your mind? Yeah. So obviously, probably not. But, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, I think I maybe I have that intention. I try to listen. This is why why I say it's a problem in, in my life because listening is a problem in my life. Mm. I once told my my fiance Renee, I was like, we communicate so well, and she was like, no, you're good at talking. I'm good at listening. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's that sums it up pretty well. <laughs> as long as you know where you're at. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, but trying, but trying. Well, I go. only ask that because I think a lot of people don't even know that they should just try to place themselves uh, before the Lord in silence. Right? Yeah. Just try to be with him, but not be doing your petitions. Because, mm. yeah. I don't know, I think most people just go to their petitions, you know, default all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's more to the prayer life than that. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of times we overcomplicate things too. Like you can try to figure, you know, you can get frustrated trying to figure out like, oh, what should I say? Like, what should I be thinking? Whatever. Mm -hmm. But St. Therese of Lisieux said, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned towards heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. So it's, she just shows that like, it can be so simple. It's just like looking at God, looking at, you know, like when you're adoration, just sitting there. Um, And she went through desolation for the last 18 months of her life. mm -hmm. Wow. Which... You know, compared to Mother Teresa, it's not that great, but, you know. But, <laughs> but see, so that to me is what desolation is, like months or years long. Yeah. So That's like the be. dark night of the soul, I would define it as, yeah. like, yeah. at another level. Yeah, that's Okay, real. so I guess there's levels of dryness? Definitely. Yeah, so. definitely. I mean, there's, there's, like, ordinary dryness, and then there is, like, dark night of the soul type. Which means, like, you are really spiritually connected. Yeah, but it feels like you're really not. Right. It feels like you've lost your faith completely. I mean, I'll never forget it. I, I went through a period of about 18 months where I felt absolutely no connection with God. And I'll never forget when it started was, uh, I was actually, it was my cousin got married in South Carolina. So we went down there, it was Myrtle Beach. And she got married in the church, but like, like, like I think the night before, after the rehearsal dinner, I went out on the beach. And beaches, I don't like beaches at all. I'm much more like a mountains person. And Part of it is just like the vastness frightens me. And I'd never been at, at the beach at night. And so I was staring out over the ocean and it was completely black. There was not a star, not a light, nothing. And the thought occurred to me as I'm staring out there, 
yes, there's nothing out there. There's no God. There's no future. There's no heaven. There's no nothing. We are in the void. And the thought scared me, but it took root in my mind. And for the next 18 months, give or take, I would go to pray and just that thought would come back like, there is no God. What are you doing? Why are you wasting your time? No one's hearing your, your prayers. It was really scary because I was a seminarian at the time. So it was like, you know, it's not something you can really mm. like yeah. share with your friends. Like, hey, I'm struggling with this. And they're like, they'd say, leave seminary or something. So two thoughts. One, could that be the devil, that first thought that got in your head? Oh, definitely. Right? Because thoughts can come in and, and go and, you know, we can choose to latch onto them and decide that they're real mm-hmm. or dismiss them. That's the first thing. But then two, that desolation that you experience, doesn't that mean that you are in the right place? Right? The devil's trying to get you out of there. Yeah, but it sure doesn't feel like it. <laughs> well, it's I mean, it your fortitude and your faith. It is. And it's a purification. God allows it so that your faith is stronger and you get through it. Because if, if you can believe when there's no feelings attached to it, then that's pure faith. Mm-hmm. And then can you, you describe um, like what coming out of that was like? Like, do you remember it coming back? Oh, yeah, clearly. Because it, like, it was like a faucet was turned on. It was amazing. So, um, the, so like three or four months after that experience on the beach, I was sent to Rome for a year, which everyone would be like, wow, you're so, that's so exciting. And I was like, no, not and like, I don't even have faith anymore. Like, and I'm being sent to Rome and it was, I was totally homesick. It was an awful year. It was completely terrible. And it, I was supposed to stay for three years. And, and I said, after one year to the vocation director, I said, look, I'm going to either leave seminary or come home. So it was your choice, whatever you want. And he's like, well, in that case, come home, you know, we don't should leave seminary. So I, I will never forget stepping off the plane in America, in the Philadelphia airport, and it was almost like this faucet of grace was turned on in my soul. And I was standing there by the baggage uh, like checkout guy, checkout lane, and this lady comes up to me, this you know big fat black lady, and she's like, "Hey, honey, you looking for your bag?" And <laughs> it's like one of those classic like you know southern southern bells. And we started talking and everything, and she's like, and it, it came out that she was very deeply a woman of great faith. And she's like, "Oh, the Lord's got great plans for you, son. The Lord's got great plans for you. Let's pray together." And so there we are, like waiting for my luggage, and we're praying together there in this airport. And I'm like. Whoa, all of a sudden I felt God's presence in a more powerful way than I had in the last 18 months. It was, it was incredible. Wow. That's amazing. And from then on, it's just, you know, it, it's never been that quite that severe, you know. But so that's, that can definitely happen in life. So what do you do? Like, what are you doing, Diane, in your desolation right now? What do you do in, in yours if you ever are quiet enough to be desolate for a while? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I have been. I think that uh, the I think for a long time I confused desolation with with anxiety, mm. and and I think that's a pretty common misconception as well hmm. to think because because you associate desolation, and this was before I I started studying theology really in any capacity, um, certainly before studying it in a, a serious capacity, but you associate desolation just with negativity. You know, I think that, and, and maybe that's even an influence from like a secular world type thing, you know, that like, don't be negative, mm. you know? And so you, you, you feel that weight on you. In my experience, whenever, whenever something like that happened and, and translating to today, if it, if it is a, a period of desolation or just a, a moment of desolation, because I, I actually do think that it can be momentary, 
you know mm. like it doesn't have to stretch for for a super long time you could go to chart you know go you go and you try and pray and you don't feel it yeah that's you know? true and yeah. i feel like that would be that would obviously not in as serious of a way in in any way but but that's like the moment of perseverance you know i think that you, you said that's true love right if you sit and you pray and and sometimes when that happens with me my, my first thought is like if i leave right now like that's my ego you know like who am i serving then mm. you know if i come here because this makes me feel good like that's egotism hmm. to do something because it feels good you know so i think in in the moments of of desolation if i if you know if we, if we were to count it as that mm-hmm. uh i i just try and not tough it out because i don't try and do it alone i don't think you know i think that I'll, i'm honest about it i'm just like hey you know obviously i'm talking to god here probably <laughs> too informally but <laughs> but you know like i'm not feeling it and that's like that's fine like whatever you know that's like i try and say whatever is your will as often as i can yeah because i know that if i don't say that i'm gonna be saying you know my will yeah and so i try and try and fit that in at like the very beginning mm. you know uh possibly for myself but I roll. You can't see it, but I rolled my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what you said is so true. And I have to tell spiritual directees this all the time, that faith is not feelings. Faith is not feelings. And, and we often associate the two. But f- good feelings can be just total egotism, right? Yeah. I go to pray because I like it, not because I love him. Right. And it's not a bad thing to like praying. You know, yeah, obviously yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah. But it can't be the reason yeah. It just can't be. Yeah. What do you do when you're... Uh, the past month, honestly, I've been going back to scripture and like God's promises in scripture. You know, those who seek me, find me. Mm. Um, so a lot of those I've been reflecting on and writing down just to keep ingrained in my mind to that, you know, like God's word is truth. And so we need to like carry that with us when we're in these times of desolation. Um, Also like the fact that prayer, and I think Matt kind of alluded to this, prayer isn't isn't optional. Um, You know, he says in uh, Luke, you know, when you pray. Uh, So he's not saying like, if you pray, it's, it's when. Um, Mm. So just kind of persevering through that. But then I also looked at kind of what some of the saints have said about prayer and St. Alphonsus Liguori, he said, you know, remember that um, when you're tempted to stop praying, because it seems like a waste of time, I'm here to please God. So the measure of prayer isn't whether it pleases us, but whether it pleases God and our willingness to persevere. Um, And then St. John Vianney gave some advice about like, uh, when you like tell, uh, when you're sitting, I guess, at adoration, sitting silently or kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament, it's just, it's a valuable and effective way of praying, even if it seems like nothing's happening. Um, And yeah. So, yeah. and then he was like, if you find it impossible to pray, hide behind your, your good angel and charge him to pray in your stead. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could do that too. But I mean, I like, honestly, like when you're in a, a state, especially of desolation, you don't want to make a change. Uh, I mean, assuming you've been praying, you, you don't want to, you don't want to change that up. It's just, it's very, it's difficult. It requires a lot of, um, honestly, I guess, pure love. It's, it's, it's a purification process, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's harder to do everything, but love isn't a feeling love is love is about you know like it's 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 so much more than that um so i guess it's it's good to remember that he's doing something through that time that you're not feeling anything and to just trust in that and don't leave seminary 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's hard. (laughs) I have some thoughts too. So uh, my first one is if you are doing penances, keep them going. Mm. And, um, you know, I think being consecrated to Mary and probably Joseph as well uh, would be a big help because like once you do that, you accept that like all your prayers, you have this understanding that Mary takes what you are doing, what you're offering, and she is giving grace to other people. Mm. So all the time, I just know that. And I, that's why I do penances. So I fast till noon every day. And oh, it's wow. for Mary. Wow. You know, that's it's like I started it because I was starting to eat later in the day and it's better to be consistent for mm. your body anyway. Um, and, you know, that intermittent fasting thing, it's good for you. But the only reason I keep it is because I do it for Mary. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I started it um, when I wasn't working a year ago. So I was at home. It was just easier. And now I get up at like 7.15 every day. I have a commute to work. I'm working and I'm sitting at my computer and like I'm hungry you know, mm. and I'm just, I check the clock. I'm like, it's 1030. All right. It's almost 11. And then 11 is like an easy hour. Cause I'm like, it's the last hour, but it's a struggle every day, but I keep doing it. And awesome. then I recently added, um, no meat on Friday all the time. Mm. I, I was like starting it. And then I'd be like, well, I'm going out, but now I'm like, if I'm going out, I can get fish, you know, mm-hmm. sushi, salmon, something, lobster, Sushi's- ravioli, Delish. Okay, none, none of these are penances <laughs> to me. I, I, I love well, sushi. I, I love used Lucy to Rose. think I'm going out to dinner, right? I want to have whatever I can have. And then, because right, yeah. I, would, I would like negotiate it earlier in the day. Like, well, I know I'm going out to dinner. In those cases, they were dates. So like I can eat meat now at lunch because I'm going to eat meat. And then I'd go and be like, well, it's lobster, lobster ravioli and my date is paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to order it and... Genius. I feel bad about it, frankly. Um, <laughs> That's right. But it's just like, don't try to justify out is what I'm saying, is what I'm trying to teach myself yeah, yeah, yeah. about yeah. my penance. Um, anyway, that's just a thought I have. Like, just keep it going because right, I do this now. I don't know what benefits that could be having for other people, but I'm just going to keep doing it. So, and as far as desolations go, I mean, sure, sometimes I feel like I can't pray. It's like, Nope, I can't focus, blah, blah, blah. I was doing really well with saying the rosary every morning in my commute because I have a 40-minute commute now. And then I got off of it. Mm. And then I got back on it. But then I, I'll, like, not focus. So it's, like, it's a constant, you know. Yeah, yeah. Some days are better than others, but just try to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember the exact quote or who I, honestly, who, who I heard it from, but it was something along the lines of, like, self-denial is the key to the Christian life. Mm. You know, and so that like that's what I'm picking up from you there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's tremendous. Yeah, it's all of like uh, conquer yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's easy mastery. To, and it's easy to do that when you're feeling close to God, and it's so hard to do that because then you're like, is this fasting even making any? You know, the prayers prayers doesn't seem to be making any difference. Fasting is right. not making any difference. Of course, no, it's are, for somebody else though. That does help. I think that's the key. Yeah, that does help. You're, a lot. Whatever you're doing is still providing grace for others. Because if you had the faith, however long you've had it, I've had it my whole life, so I'm blessed in that way. I don't think that my understanding of that is going to disappear because I don't have this consolation anymore. Yeah. You know? Well, that's a blessing, that, that you have the, the richness of the faith so deeply rooted. Yeah. Because there are I do know people that have had that experience, especially, you know, a lot of teens come off of a retreat and have got this retreat high, and it's like, yeah, Jesus. And like two weeks later, like, Jesus, who? Because you know, oh, it's not deeply rooted. It's, yeah. yeah. 
But that grace, like you got to live in that joy. So in my uh, second retreat, uh, when the, the sisters came to Connecticut, I did rest in the Holy Spirit this time. Mm. Um, and I was so anxious about it because I felt like I fought the Holy Spirit the first time. I didn't know what was happening. And I was like kind of going out and then being like, what's going on? And then I asked <laughs> Father Andy, did I fight it? And he's like, no. And then I asked my sister, did I fight it? Yes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I fought the Holy Spirit. I was so anxious and nervous, but then I just had this peace. And um, I just really felt like it's like you give yourself up. You give up control. You just... It's so like such a release. And then, you know, your body just falls forward. It's very peaceful and powerful. So Hmm. I'm still like in this joy from that. Awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. So I hope I can just hold on to that feeling like for the rest of my life. And I want to do it again. You won't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's encouraging. Well, if I can have the opportunity, you know, for more praise and worship, then maybe I can repeat it. It's just that's hard to find. Yes, but... If God wants to take you to the next level in the spiritual life, oh, I know, He's going to give you a desolation. Yeah, I know that. Sorry. No, I know. <laughs> so that brings us to the question of why does God do this? Why does God allow Him us to struggle so much in prayer sometimes? To bring us to the next level in the spiritual life. Wow! Whoever <laughs> said that first was a genius. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I think a lot of times it's it's to purify us from our attachments. So you know that you can get. Um, it's just like another level of love for God, right? So like, are you really loving him for who he is, like for God or for his blessings and consolation and what he does for you and for your life and everything? So for me, I think that's definitely been what he is trying to teach me of like, number one, kind of what Lauren alluded to of just giving up control, like totally just giving my life and my plans for my life to him, which is so difficult, you know, like when you have a vision for for what you what you want and you have to just face the fact that like this might not be what God wants for me um but then trusting that whatever his will is is going to give me uh is going to be sort of like the fulfillment of all of my desires so but that takes that takes a lot of faith and trust and love and so I think that's what he does and is doing for me Mm. through these desolations I do think too that there is like there's a lot of grace to be had. Um, I've had a lot of like weird signs and things like through this state of desolation, not weird signs, but just like him speaking to me of things that I just know are not coincidence. Mm. So little things here and there that kind of like help you along the way. Um, but I think it's definitely just like a, a purification and just inviting us to deeper faith and trust and like actually love God for who God is, not for his blessings or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and ultimately, like for me, it's been so hard to just give up my will and control. But I mean, the whole goal of the spiritual life is unity with his will and his, his, you know, desires for our life. And so that just requires like a deep humility and trust. And that's what I think you develop during desolation. I think too, just, just persevering is a great victory, you know, to be able to say, I, I've, I prayed through this difficult time. And didn't lose my faith, you know, and came out the other side. And I think that our faith does just get strengthened through that perseverance. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just think of like John chapter six. It's like, 
you have the words of eternal life, you know, like to whom are we going to go? Like there's no, there's no other, there's no other way. So mm. I always remember that sort of passage. I know I just quoted it incorrectly, but um, <laughs> <laughs> just the thought of like, you know, like Jesus is, I mean, Jesus is truth. So there's, there's no other option. You have to persevere. Yeah. That's what got me through a lot of that, that 18 month dry period was thinking, well, if I, if I don't follow God, what else is there? Mm-hmm. You know, following the world to me is still absurd. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. And I'm like, well, there's nothing else. I mean, I guess too, the one consolation that I've had this past month is honestly, is just like whenever I sort of like leave prayer and go out and like look at the world and the way people are living, just honestly looking at people on the street and everything, it's like, it's just immense sadness at the state of just thinking about how people are not connected to God and have no relationship with him and are living totally void of any, um, just any faith and, and trust in him. It's, it's so sad. So it, that, that kind of like uplifts me of like, okay, (laughs) that's not an option at all. Like that is, that is just lifeless and it's, um, it's death. Definitely. Definitely. It, it's amazing how you see, it seems like most of the saints went through this spiritual dryness. You know, we mentioned St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Uh, Mother Teresa. Any others that you know of that uh, went through this? I think St. John of the Cross, right? Um, of course, he wrote the, the book on it quite literally, <laughs> Dark Night of the Soul. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure most of them, if not all of them have, right, at some point? Probably. Maybe there's different levels of that dark night, but... yeah. It's amazing. Some saints, I think, um, even even as they're having like these mystical visions, go through like these periods of like a mystical vision followed by a dark night, followed by a mystical vision. It's like just almost like seesawing to the extremes. Well, I've only read like the beginning of Sister Faustina's diary, but she's speaking with Jesus face to face, face to face, and then she's like immediately desolate, like and doubting it, doubting that it's. Christ, like mm. it's it's constant, it's instant. It's right after she's speaking to him, and I'm reading her diary. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's confusing. It's hard to understand. But I guess it's also coming from a state that she's not worthy. So, like, maybe like he can't actually really be here. You know, mm. maybe something like that. Maybe she thinks it's psychological or, or demonic. Yeah, it's hard to know. But mm. you think that's such a gift, you know, that you would have and like you'd feel just so full of joy. Um, but still, even that can be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps someone humble, you know, so that they're not puffed up like, wow, look at me. I'm having visions of Jesus. Yeah, I think about that good, sometimes. Yeah. Like uh, maybe a little bit of a tangent, but the idea of like having like a sign like that, what my reaction would be right afterwards and and I'm pretty sure if if something miraculous like that happened to me, my reaction would immediately be like, "What just happened? Like, did it? Did that just happen?" Mm. You know, having that that kind of uh, maybe doubtful reaction. Uh, but but and again, yesterday I, I I was able to go to adoration for like 45 minutes yesterday, uh, and try and pr- pray silently, and uh, I I you know played. I've heard people call it Bible roulette, but that's not maybe not maybe not the best way to call it. But but ask the Lord, you know, just you know, maybe help me out a little bit here. Uh, and He brought me to Peter walking on water. Mm. You know, and and uh, you know, Lord, if it is you, you know, call me. And He says, "Come." And then Peter walks on water. I mean, the definition of walking by faith. You know what I mean? Any other time, 
at any other, you know, in the universe, the history of the universe, that person sinks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 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 so I just like I had a moment where I and I think that was like a con a, a consolation for me. Uh and I've and I've had uh maybe one or two other in the last uh month and a half, two months. Um and I and I thought of it because of uh, Faustina, Saint Faustina, that I was I was praying for a, mem- a member of my family that uh, doesn't necessarily uh, belong to the church or you know in a in an active way, hmm. and just sitting there and I, I actually heard you know ask for my mercy, hmm. you know, and so it's I think uh, I, and like I said it's a tangent I'm kind of lost here, hmm. but but you know it's it's uh, I don't know. I don't know. I sat down and I, I listened maybe. Beautiful. Yeah. And that is one of the greatest gifts is when you come out of that desolation and God speaks to you again. Yeah. Yeah. You know him. It was that moment of consolation as opposed to desolation, I suppose. Beautiful. <laughs> one last thing I want to say is, you know, for some people, well, it's pretty common that people don't go to confession actually. So perhaps you're just in a state of mortal sin and you don't know. Yes. And a good point. You just need to start going back to confession more regularly. Yeah. A lot of times desolation comes because I'm, have unrepentant sin on my soul. Definitely. So thanks for joining us this episode of Restless. Here's my challenge for you is that if you're going through a tough time, maybe a time where you wonder where God is, persevere, continue with your prayer, continue with your, your sacrifices, keep your eyes fixed on him because with his grace, even if you don't feel it, his grace is still there. He's still present. Continue persevering. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM, and also wherever you get your podcasts, especially Google Play and other such places. Tune in next time. God bless.